0: Hey, friends, today we have a special guest, a man I respect greatly, General William Jerry Boykin, one of the founding members of the U.S. Army Delta Force. This is a man's man, and we're going to be discussing, is masculinity really toxic? Be sure and send me your thoughts and your questions, your comments and feedback right here at jackkibbs.com. You can always subscribe to Jack Kibbs Podcast by hitting the subscribe button wherever you're at, wherever you listen to your podcast. Then also, as a reminder, stay connected with me to find fresh new programs, messages, live events, all by going to JackKibbs.com. So listen, adjust your pods, turn up the volume, get ready, let's roll. Real
1: life, hey. Real life presents the Jack Hibbs Podcast with intention and boldness to proclaim truth, equip the saints, and impact our culture. You can get the outlines of this podcast by going to jackhibbs.com slash podcast. Today, if this podcast lifts you up and encourages you to live a more fulfilled life in Christ, then make sure you leave us one of those five-star ratings. To us, that's like saying amen or yes. Then that rating will encourage others to listen. Now open your hearts to what God's Word has to say to you. Here is Jack Hibbs.
0: Well, with us today is uh, not only uh, a tremendous man of God, uh, a lover of men, and I mean, he, he dedicates his time to speaking to men across America, but I have to tell you, a man who has spoken in my life, God has spoiled me in many ways, and one of them is with General Jerry Boykin, who has been a uh, an American living hero and a defender of our freedoms. I love, I love what he stands for, because it's not only our biblical worldview and the the truth of God's word but he stands for the freedom of our nation and uh, as long as we have freedom we can preach right if you think about that so with us on this program is a man of God and general I love you and I thank you for so many times you've made a difference in my life and I don't want to ask you the questions that you seem to always get and I, and I understand that I've asked them of you many times as well but I want to ask you let's just break away from the normal mm-hmm. um, I want you to start this conversation off with what is the most important issue topic that you'd like to bring up if you had the chance to call it. So now's your moment to call it.
2: Well, uh, Jack, I I would like to uh, talk for a few minutes about uh, the the crisis in masculinity today in America Mm. where we we actually have universities now that are teaching overcoming toxic masculinity. The University of Texas of all, of all places has declared masculinity to be a mental disorder. And now you stop and think about that. So the question is, where did all this come from? Where did it come from? Well, first of all, we need to understand it's diabolical.
0: That's right.
2: It's an assault on men, it is assault on men, but, but from an earthly perspective, this came out of the Marxist movement in America. People don't yet fully understand that in 1958, the Communist Party USA wrote a book. The title of the book was The Naked Communist, 1958. And what do you think America thought of that book? America laughed and said, you can't take over America. You can't do these things. But they laid out exactly what they were going to do. And what I want to focus on here is one of the things that they were going to do was they were going to destroy the families in America make the families disintegrate in America and the best way to get to the family is through the father so we're going after men they said and what did they say they were going to do they were going to get uh, they were going to promote easy divorce yeah. they were going to promote pornography as a as a first amendment right they were going to promote homosexuality as being normal and healthy so they told us that they were going to destroy the family by going after the men in the home the fathers in the home and and, and look at the crisis in absentee fathers today and and it's about it's about 40% for all uh races all ethnic groups but uh, it's about 70 plus percent for the black community, and it's, it's just destroying the black community. But it's affecting all races in, in America. But what they said they were going to do is they were going to promote easy divorce. That's where we came up with no-fault divorce. Mm-hmm. They were going to promote pornography as being a First Amendment right. They were going to promote homosexuality as being normal and healthy. And then... Uh, they, they went off and told us about a number of other things, like they were going to get men hooked on gambling and hooked on sports and that type of thing. So if you look at what's happening in the home today, you, you see a lot of men are very distracted by these things, pornography being probably the worst. But uh, it, And that's destroying families, just destroying relationships. And do you know that, uh, according to Josh McDowell, three out of five, every five divorces, Pornography is listed as one of the major causes for that divorce. So they have succeeded. This is where it came from. It came from the Communist Party of USA because it's their idea that they're going to destroy America as a result of, uh, of, of the book that they wrote. We need to pay attention to what they're doing.
0: Hey, I have something for you. It's compact, but it's powerful, and it packs a punch. It's a booklet that we've put out called Countdown, All Eyes on God's Ultimate Endgame. But what does that mean? In light of what's going on in the world around us, I have never seen the pieces coming together so well and so aligned according to Bible prophecy like we see right now in these end times. Are we living in the last days? What should we be looking for? I asked myself these questions, and looking only to the Word of God, I found the answers, true answers according to the Scriptures. Countdown, All Eyes on God's Ultimate Endgame is a pocketbook I wrote, and I want you to have it. And this is available for a gift of any amount. Simply go to jackhibbs.com. All the information is right there on how you can obtain a copy for yourself, hot off the press, as it were, jackhibbs.com. You can order it now. And so now we fast forward to, it it seems as though that what Isaiah told us in Isaiah chapter 5, that in the last days, good would be called evil, evil, good, light for dark, dark for light. And so we're seeing it to the point now with such a speed Mm -hmm. where if you stand up today and say... um, Hey, we're celebrating. Remember the old days, like uh, almost—it wasn't all that long ago—where you might be at a restaurant because you've taken Ashley out for an anniversary dinner, or I've got Lisa out for a special dinner, or maybe somebody would say, "Hey, this is our anniversary. We've been married for." And now, it it went from a celebration to to people just don't care. It's like, can he do that? What is what was so normal now is something that you almost feel like you have to apologize for. So they're succeeding.
2: And the big lie today, the big lie today is that if you were born with the genitalia of a male, you don't have to spend your life that way because what you actually might be is a woman or vice versa. Now I, I can tell you how to figure it out. I mean, I can tell you how to know whether you're a man Mankind or not. Mankind has done it pretty well for thousands of years. Done it pretty well. but. This is the big lie, and and the problem is that society has bought into this lie, mm-hmm. and they're perpetuating this lie, and I don't care what you say, I cannot imagine that any man or woman can change their their gender, particularly if they go through the surgery and the hormones and all that, and ever really truly be happy no. with what they've done. This is a diabolical Uh, issue, and it it is influenced right out of the pits of hell. What you said is not only true, but
0: now we are funding with taxpayer dollars to achieve what you just talked about. But if I break open my Bible at the park or at the city and start preaching the gospel, there's a good chance that I will... In fact, you can plan on being harassed. You certainly cannot count on the local power is defending my First Amendment right, if that even exists anymore. But would you say, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I view it this way and it might be extreme. General, I used to think that when I studied Timothy, when Paul told Timothy in the last days perilous times will come, and in that there's going to be this age of doctrines of demons. I always put the cults and the occult in that Thinking, oh yes, oh occult, church of Satan. All the, you know, of course it belongs in that grouping. But I've now expanded it, doctrines of demons. The word doctrine is didascal. it's teachings. The teachings of demons. It doesn't say that's limited to theological terms. What I believe we're saying today, and I'm just speaking for myself, that when you sit down and you tell a kid or confuse a kid by what you're presenting, I believe that's a doctrine of demonic activity.
2: I think it's child abuse. It is and, child and, abuse. And I totally agree with you. child abuse. Child abuse is demonic. Absolutely. There's sick. no question about it. And men are so confused right now because of this very thing. But you know, going back to Isaiah 5, woe unto you. Woe, woe unto, unto you. It says. Woe. Who call good, evil, and evil good. That's a warning. And we've been doing that now. This is not new. We've been doing that for, for a number of years here. Calling good, evil, and evil. We call killing babies. In the womb and in the state that I live in now, Virginia, you've got a governor there. There's a pediatrician that has said that if a baby is born alive in an attempted abortion, we'll make that baby comfortable and then have a discussion with the mother. A discussion about what? About killing that baby. That is diabolical. That is evil. And we're calling that good. So much of our society. But here's the other thing. How about the churches today? Churches. And, and what really gets me, Jack, is some of these pastors today, some of these not so much pastors as much as spiritual leaders, that say, God has revealed to me that we've got it all wrong about marriage and human sexuality. To I heard that just the other day. Yeah, and, then, uh, and, I th- and you know what I think? God has revealed to me that you're a coward. Yeah. You're a coward. <laughs> right because you don't have the backbone to stand on the truth of the Word of God and, and the arrogance for you to think that God has waited all this time to finally pick you to reveal that all those that have gone before us have had it wrong about human sexuality and marriage.
0: Exactly. Yeah. These are the same guys who will say, well, the Bible nowhere addresses these issues, and yet by them saying so, by them saying so, the scriptures not only address it, but the scriptures anticipated their denial of reality, departing from the truth, but they don't see it. They've gone down a path that they themselves now have blinded themselves to the light. And, it's, and, and we've got people running organizations, running churches. And, you know, the old, the old pastors of yesteryear, the J. Vernon McGees and the Adrian Rogers, they're the ones that told us, don't read anybody's commentaries until they're dead. Because it's only after they're dead that they can't change their minds. And you think about that today. So people will say, well, I don't know what to do. I don't know. We've got, like you mentioned, we've got some rock star status pastors and spiritual leaders who, who it's easier to nail jello to the wall than to get a, an opinion from them or a ruling on a verse or mm-hmm. a, a, an issue. And people get confused and you've got to counter back to them and say, what are you doing listening or talking to me or to anyone? Go to the word of God. It's all there and it's clear. But I, I think a great part of our uh, nation's woes among so many of things is just the lack of getting back to the word. Uh, the nation, look, uh, Alexa de Tocqueville made comment about the greatness of America was not found in its industrious harbors, but it was found in the pulpit of its churches.
2: Found in the churches. And remember that We've, we fought two wars that were brought, against, brought about by the church. Wow. The first was the American Revolution. Right. Where that black robe regiment. The black robe regiment, the colonial pastors. That's right. That wore those black vestments, and they began to preach hard sermons about separating from the crown of England because that was tyranny. Right. And God created us to be a free people. And, and they brought about the Revolutionary exactly War because right. the British even said... When the war was over with they said had it not been for that black robe that's regiment right. that's right these 13 states would still be british colonies
0: those were the words of, of king right. george iii himself yeah.
2: and the second war was the civil war with the second great awakening as they're right they went across the mountains into modern day tennessee and and West Virginia and the Ohio Valley and began to preach these sermons about you can't believe the words of the Constitution and still hold the black man a slave. And Harriet Beecher Stowe and, yep. and Charles Finney and all of those people that were writing about or talking about yep. the, the spiritual imperative wow. for us to establish freedom for the black man. And we fought a war. 700,000 Americans were killed in that war.
0: You know, David Barton points out some great historical yeah. points where regarding the Civil War, there were an incredible amount of, of black Baptist preachers that made history with their crowds and their messages, but it's not much reported. But the the remarkable thing is they all, black man and white man, both preach from the same scripture, the same message. And that was the God of the Bible is the God of liberty and freedom. I want to preface with what I'm going to ask as we begin to wrap this up, because as long as God's on his throne, there's, there will always be hope will never, never uh, be unavailable to us as a nation. I'm talking about nationally, not individually as a believer. General, as I look around this nation for the first time in my life, Um, It's hard for me to see a way out of the cultural dilemma that we're in. I know God, it's going to take revival, which will affect a cultural shift. But outside of revival among God's people, I don't see, I don't see much of a change. Please help me if I'm wrong. Uh, What do you think? You've got grandkids as I, what do you what do you see when you look at their little faces? What do you see? What do you think?
2: I'm I I'm very worried about their future, Jack. Uh, and my wife and I talked about this, and we we said a few years ago after they had left after Christmas, you know, they were all all six grandchildren were there at Christmas, and you know, three of them are boys, and at that time they were all under nine years old, and of course it's just pandemonium, you know, it's, not, it's loud. Yeah, absolutely. But when they left, we. My wife said to me, what kind of country are we going to leave them? Wow. And that's when we said we will do all that we, all that we have to do to try and preserve their future. Now, I think we're coming to, I think we're coming closer, obviously. I mean, I'm stating the obvious every day to the return of Christ. Yeah, amen.
0: I believe
2: it. And I believe the sky is going to open. And I think it will be in my lifetime, to be very honest with too. you. But I believe there is still a harvest. Yes, And I think what has to happen is America has to get so disgusted with ourselves and become so aware of just how broad this evil is and how destructive it is, what's going on in this country. And it goes back to what we're talking about, telling little boys that they can be a little girl if they want to, or a little girl that can be a little boy. That is so diabolical and it is so evil. We've got to get so disgusted with ourselves that we're willing to Listen. And then we got to have the Jack Hibbs and the Tony Perkins of the world that are still staying true to the message of the gospel because people are going to reach a point where they're going to want to hear truth. They're going to recognize that we have come so far and spiraled down that there's only one way out of this, and that's looking up.
0: You know what you just said? Um, I think it was yesterday you were praying for me. And praying over me, and you may not even remember this, but it's been in just stuck in my head since, and it's created a godly fear. And what it was, you said something to the effect in, in your prayer for me, Jack. God, God wants to use you. He wants to use you. And for the first time in my Christian life, General, um, I be, I be, it's I. I sensed an, a godly fear of. Time running out, mm-hmm. meaning, Lord, if you're speaking through the general, I'm all in. Mm-hmm. That being true, I don't want time to run out. Of course, that's his business, right? But what's been in my mind since you prayed was, Jesus, you said, do the work now while you can because night is soon coming mm-hmm. when no man can work. And I'm telling you, listen, friends, uh, boy, I wish we could just go on for hours. But this is, listen, this is part of the legacy and the heritage of walking with Jesus. General Boykin continues to pour his life into thousands of men across this nation. And look, with his decorated career, over 30 years serving this nation in some of the highest levels of our nation's defense, he could be down in Florida right now on a boat fishing, feet up. But he's here in Southern California tonight making a difference in the lives of men. What does that mean? It means that you fight and you push and you go and you continue until it's over. And it's not over until our great general says so. And our great general's on his way. Remember, the general just alluded to that. Christ is coming. And The Bible says that when he comes... He's coming next time as a victor, not as a sacrifice. He did that once 2,000 years ago. He's not doing that again. He's coming as a victor. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And it's our prayer and desire that you know Jesus Christ. Notice we're not peddling a church, a religion, a system. We're not selling you materials and join the club. You notice that? We're inviting you to know Jesus Christ personally as Lord and Savior. That's what we're about. And all the difference of the world will come to you. You want a new life? Jesus is the only way that that can happen. You put your faith and trust in him. You call out to him. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. So you make sure that that happens in your life. Because aren't you tired? Have you looked around? Have you been terrorized and wrapped up in fear with COVID and all that other stuff? Listen, this is what the world does to you when it gets a chance. Well, you need to find out what Jesus can do with you when he gets a chance to get a hold of you. it would be a world of difference, both now and forever. So listen, if you want to find out more, you can visit us and get tons of more teachings, sermons, interviews like this, and so much more. Simply go to jackhibbs.com, jackhibbs.com, and you can find out just so much more. And we'd love to welcome you to the family of God if you're making that decision to follow Christ. Until then, General, thank you. God bless you, brother. Thank you. Real
1: life, hey. This Jack Hibbs podcast, as well as all the broadcast outreach opportunities, are listener supported. Will you consider partnering with us through a special gift? Go to jackhibbs.com to learn more and stay connected.